Welcome back, Jesus fam. And today it's a special day because we were talking about joy and actually Holly is here to join us. So Holly, why don't you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Holly and um, I'm, I live in Florida. I'm currently studying to be an English major. I want to be a writer. Um, and I met Jess and Annie at Haven Ray. We all went to Bible school together. So, yeah, we're going to start off with the definition of joy, but we're going to give you two different definitions. So first, we've got the definition that the world gives, and that is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. But Holly, do you want to give us the definition that the Bible gives? Yeah, I actually found a quote the other day um, that kind of really reflects, I think, what we believe. Um, It's by Tony Rank. And he says, the Christian's hope is not based on our unsettling feelings of joy in Christ, but on Christ himself. So I think the world really focuses on um, the idea that if you're joyful, then you're happy. And happiness is very much an emotion, kind of bubbly. You you feel good. You feel motivated. You feel awake. Um, but joy is something that sits much deeper. And joy is not shaken based on our circumstances. It's something that comes from Christ alone. So, yeah, now we're just going to talk a bit about why joy is not dependent upon feelings um, because, you know, feelings are real but not reliable because, you know, you could feel a certain way before you go to bed and you could wake up feeling a totally different way. Like, feelings are just constantly changing and that's why joy is a choice like even though it may not feel like it sometimes we choose our response to situations and this is why joy isn't dependent upon our circumstances actually in Philippians 4 verses 11 to 13 it says not that I am speaking of being in need for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content I know how to be brought low and how to abound in any and every circumstance, I have learnt the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we know that actually joy is being content in all circumstances. And, you know, I'm sure when he was in jail, Paul wasn't feeling like, oh, I'm so happy to be here. Like, this is such a great time for me. Um, But, you know, he still says that he was content in that time. Um, And that's because he's learn to choose joy as a response um, what I've learned over the years is that um like as Jesus has been working in my heart is that joy yeah it's the fruit of the spirit so it's not something that we can just have on our own it's something that is given to us and I kind of see it as like a seed planted in myself a tree that's taken root and it's um it's been planted there by the spirit so it's not it's, it's not going to be uprooted it's just going to keep growing um, as the Lord leads me. So my story with joy, it all kind of starts uh, around the time, around when I was 15 years old. So my middle name is Joel, which means joy of Jehovah. And that means more to me now looking back on those years. When I was 15, my mom had a series of strokes and she got really sick and that sparked uh, depression for me. I'm not sure if I was depressed beforehand, but uh, one day I just smiling was took all of the energy in the world, and I and I realized I kind of self-diagnosed like, wow, I have depression. Okay. Um, I also started struggling with anxiety and suicidal thoughts, 
And that went on for several years before I ever asked for any kind of help. I thought that it would really be hurting other people and it would bring other people down if I was to, um, if I was to share that I was dealing with any of these things, especially with the desire to end my life. I thought that if I was supposed to be a light in spreading joy and love and peace to people, then um, sharing about the dark thoughts in me would be the opposite of that and it wouldn't be helpful to anybody. Yeah, so at my church, I, I was always really confused when people would come up to me and they would say, wow, Holly, you're so joyful. It's always so great to have you around because you just kind of exude joy. I look at them like, what? What are you talking about? I didn't say that out loud. I was too shy. <laughs> but I thought maybe I must just be a really good actress because I I felt like laying down on the floor and never getting up again. Um, and so I didn't see how I could be joyful or I could even be giving off any kind of joy when I felt so dark inside. So after a few years, I got help. I finally went to counseling. And a year or so after that, I got an antidepressant medication. Um, and that's actually, that's helped a lot. I was, I was concerned that my feelings wouldn't be real if I went on antidepressant medication, that it would all be some influence of the medication. Um, but in reality, I, it just kind of, it kind of helped keep that, that fog away. Like it was like a rain cloud was kind of stifling my mind and so having the medication just gave me a bit of breathing room from that cloud um and with that cloud lifted a bit um it was kind of is easier to gain some perspective on what god was teaching me through that time so just after i got on medication i went to cape and ray for my first year i went a year before jess and annie did and it was it was kind of the first time since all that had happened with my mom that I felt like I could really be happy and my, my fear, my spirit finally felt light and um, with depression, it kind of, it was kind of like this fear that if I was happy, then all oh, the, the depression was going to come back, back worse than before. It was going to be like payback for having any kind of positive feelings. Um, but at Cape and Ray, I, I let go of that fear and I was just enjoying being in community and learning about God and about how much he cares for me. I was baffled by the idea of grace and overwhelmed by his faithfulness that he just kept proving to me over and over. I didn't have all the money I needed to be able to go to that first year of Cape and Ray. So God's faithfulness to me was really tangible as he kept providing for me. I had monthly payments to make on tuition and every month. Um, I, I was able to make the payment. Even while I was at school, there were people who were giving to me, um, and supporting me. And yeah, I just, I blessed God for that money. And I believe that he's blessing the people who blessed me. I think that he really works through us in all kinds of ways, um, in order to, yeah, give to each other and support each other. So in, when I got to Cape and Ray, I almost immediately started talking about spring break which is kind of crazy because that was like six months away one of the opportunities that they mentioned for spring break was a trip to Egypt and Israel and immediately I dismissed that idea that I am happy and I'm content to be here I always wanted to travel especially to Africa um Egypt is in Africa and um 
And so I dismissed the idea. I said, the Lord has been faithful and wonderful to give me such a gift to be able to come to Cape and Ray and, um, and to provide for my tuition there. I just dismissed the idea. It was too much money. And I was still paying off the first year. So I, I let the idea go. And um, I didn't really think about it until a couple months later when uh, actually it was, yeah, it was the next semester. So I went home to Florida for Christmas break to be with my family. And then I flew back to Canada for the second semester of Bible school. And they brought it up again. They said that uh, the staff said there were five additional spots available to go to Egypt and Israel. And when I heard them say that, it was like my heart leapt outside of my chest. There was there was something bigger there than just I want to travel. So I was I was learning to listen um, to God that He is so much bigger than anything that I can think is possible. I think there's a verse that says um, His ways are higher than our ways, His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and nothing is impossible with God. So I was learning to trust Him with all that I am and all my finances and all my non-existent finances. <laughs> I was still making the uh, monthly payments to Cape and Ray. So I called my parents and I said, you know, I've been learning this about God. I, I, and I think that he, he really wants me to go to Egypt and Israel and learning to hear his voice. And I think this is what he's saying to me. And my parents, they said, well, Holly, God has proven to us too that he works in amazing ways because he, um, he provides, he's been providing for you to go to school, and that's been a miracle. But yeah, there's no way that we could support you other than emotionally and spiritually for you to go to Egypt and Israel. So if this is what God is saying, then we're not going to stop you. Um, but yeah, it's going to have to be another miracle. So I wrestled with that for a while. And God, what do I do? What do I do? Um, are you going to provide for me to go? Or is this a dream that is maybe just going to wait for another time. Um, and then I was reading in my Bible and uh, may he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your counsel. Uh, and Psalm 21 says, you have given him his heart's desire. You have not withheld the request of his lips. So these, these verses can be wildly open to interpretation. Um, and they can be taken really out of context. But when I felt like God was speaking to me through through this, encouraging me to yeah take that leap of faith and trust in Him to go, and I went to um, a missions fest in Vancouver and I met with a girl there. And just bumped into her at one of the mission foods and we had this connection and decided to pray for each other. And when she asked what she could pray for me, I just brought up the Egypt and Israel trip and I told her like I feel. I feel this overwhelming joy that leaps up inside of me when I consider the trip. And I really believe that God wants me to go, but it's not practical. And so this girl, her name is Jackie, she encouraged me that um, God has been speaking to her about a similar situation. And she, when she asked God what to do, God said to her, if you go to this place, then I will move mountains through you and you can go to this other place. I will also move mountains through you. 
And then we prayed for each other and we parted ways. And by the time I was on the ferry back to Cedis Island, back to Cape and Ray, I believed that I would find a glowing check in my mailbox signed from God with love, go to Egypt and Israel. <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, but I, I wrote a letter and I sent it out to some people and um, a few people that I knew and several strangers. They, they also believed in this dream with me and they gave uh, the money so that I could go to Egypt and Israel. So within nine days, I was fully funded. It was around $5,000. And yeah, it was a miracle. It's my miracle story. <laughs> I feel so overwhelmed and blessed that God gave me that gift. And when I look at my time in Egypt and Israel, I kind of look at that as the pinnacle of joy in my life where I was I was so happy. I was exuberant. Um, I was thriving and alive. I felt like the person that God had made me to be. And just every bit of me was humming with excitement and the delight of discovery, running all over the pyramids and seeing all the wildflowers in Israel. I felt like God was there and he was adventuring with me and he was happy to be showing me all these things. I felt so close to the Lord. and. Yeah, just so alive, so happy and excited. But things took a really dramatic turn when I came back from Egypt and Israel. I went to, I went back to Cape and Ray to Cetus Island. And a lot of people in the party who had gone to Egypt and Israel, they got really sick. So on the day that we were traveling back, um, some of them felt like they could hardly move. People were running high fevers. Um, when they got back to Cape and Ray, they went into isolation pretty much. Um, I didn't see, I didn't see them for a week or so because everybody had such high fevers and was feeling really poorly. So the first day that we got back, I felt kind of weird. I, but I wasn't sick. I was wondering how do I share about these amazing experiences that I just had on the other side of the world? How do I share them with my classmates? But the next day, I woke up and I felt terrible. And I told the girls in my cabin I couldn't go to breakfast. And they came back after breakfast to check on me. And I said I couldn't go anywhere that day. So I got such a high fever that I was delirious and talking to myself. And um, and it just felt, it felt like it was hard to breathe. I was like really, really sick. Um, so that caused me to be alone in my cabin for a week. Being an American citizen... I uh, I didn't have Canadian cell phone service, um, and there's no Wi-Fi in that little cabin in the very back of the woods, cabin M. So I was very, very much alone. Um, all my classmates would be um, at, at classes, and I was in the woods, um, unable to have any communication with anybody. And at the same time, I can only describe it as a spiritual attack because it was, it was like, yeah, if I had been so, so happy before, then I was so, so depressed after. Um, it was like, it was like my soul had been dragged down to the bottom of a pit and I was getting whipped by demons. Um, I felt like I was splintered into um, bloody pieces and I, 
I felt like a shadow of the person that I had been in Egypt and Israel. I felt like a phantom and that person that I had been just days before on the other side of the world. Um, she was gone and I wasn't sure if I'd ever see her again. It was really, really scary. And, um, and yeah, that feeling of, of being so afflicted in my spirit, it was, it was even bigger than, um, the sickness in my flesh. So that was also really, really isolating, even from my roommates. I didn't know how to talk to them about it. I just kind of felt like I was hazily moving from one moment to the next. Um, but that, that was, became the sweetest time for me with Jesus. Um, I'd had such a happy experience with him in Egypt and Israel, and he felt tangible to me there. But I have, I had never known God so intimately as I did upon coming back. And when I felt like I was hurting so much, um, I came to know God really truly as my hiding place, my Abba. I remember lying on the floor and just kind of writhing there in agony and looking up at the ceiling and just saying, like, God, I didn't know that I could ever even hurt so much. I don't know what's happening. This is really scary, and I don't know what to do. I don't think there's anything I can do. Um, but I was reminded of a teaching from the book of Job that we'd received a couple months earlier. And the speaker who had come to talk about Job, Job had everything ripped away from him, and he was left to sit in pain and in grief and in ashes. Um, and wondering why why does it happen to him? Why would God do this to him? Why would God rip away everything that he loved? And the so the speaker was talking about Job and he, he said that sometimes we're in the middle of this battlefield, of the spiritual battlefield, and we're we feel like we're fighting and and we're saying, God, get me out of here. Like, come save the day. Um, damsel in distress here, come right in and yeah, save me. Um, and God doesn't, he doesn't always take us out of the battlefield. God is so much more interested in the state of our souls and how we feel. Um, our feelings are real. As Annie said before, our feelings are real, but our feelings are real, but not reliable. So God cares for us so deeply and um and it it is for our ultimate good and also for his glory. So it's complicated to understand. I still don't understand all of it. I still have a lot of questions for God all the time. But um but I know that he he made me so he knows me and he knows what I need and therefore I can trust him and I can trust that he will care for me better than I know how to care for myself. So I was on the battlefield, right? And I'm saying, God, get me out of here. And what the speaker had said about those situations, he says, God doesn't always take us out of the battlefield. Sometimes he says, hey, have a sandwich. <laughs> Sit down and have a seat. Um, you're going to be here for a little while, but God will fight the battle for us. So that impacted me really deeply that, um, that God is gonna, God is gonna fight our battles. It's not all up to us. 
to defend ourselves from the enemy. It's um, it's not even up to us to make ourselves into the, a better person that the person that we think that God wants us to be. Um, God does the work in our hearts, and um, it's by His grace and by His Spirit and His power that we grow in Him and we flourish and we live life with Him. And we go through struggles and we go through battles and all glory to God who who brings us through them. And he is victorious. All the yeah, all the glory belongs to him. So when I was um, feeling really beat up on that battlefield and uh, then I, I just kind of held out my hand and said, okay, God, I, I can't move from here. I need you to defend me. Please just hold me in your arms. And I felt so held. I felt really wrapped up. And and every time that uh, the agony of that spiritual attack would um, would hit me again and again, then I, I would just cry out in my spirit. I'd say, God, please hold me. And he would. And um, as I got as I got physically better and was able to go back to classes, I I still felt a lot of timidity in my spirit and still felt like a shadow of myself. Um, but every time I felt overwhelmed, I'd say God, please hold me, and I would just go be with the Lord. And He was my hiding place. He was my shelter. He was my rock. I was beaten down but not crushed. Um, I was burnt up but not consumed because he was keeping me safe. So in that time, that's when I learned the true definition of joy because I had been glowing and happy in Egypt and Israel and after I had felt crushed beyond belief. But there was still there was still this part of though so I felt like I wasn't really the person I had been before there was still part of myself that hadn't died, that part that God was keeping safe in his arms, that part of me that God was standing over and protecting and fighting for me. And, and yeah, I, I recognized, I learned that that was joy, that, like I said before, that tree that was in me um, that couldn't be uprooted no matter what the enemy was doing to me, no matter what Satan could throw at me, um, no matter how dark my depression and when it wells up and when there are days when I just feel too tired to go on, I don't feel like I can put a smile on for anybody, I can still look within and I see um, that, yeah, there's part of me that is solid and that can't be shaken because that's where, that's, that's the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's where God's Spirit is residing in me and that's where His joy is. And so, in that core of myself, um, there's my joy given by God's spirit. It's a fact that can't be erased by hardship. In my core, where I'm anchored to the Lord, and it's almost like when I'm whittled away by, by depression or whatever it is, then it's almost like his joy can shine more clearly. It's not covered up by, in the core of myself, no matter what's going on, um, the the joy of the Lord is undiminished, and um, from all those experiences, from everything that I've learned, from knowing God in that dark place, um, and seeing that His Spirit is strong within me, 
um, that's how I can say that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Thanks, Holly. That was really, really good. And um, that's a great testimony. And yeah, guys, I just want to encourage you that you let this settle in and um, yeah, really take it in. And um, yeah. So yeah, Jess, you want to continue? Yeah. Well, I also just wanted to add that, you know, um, it's important to be aware of our thoughts and what we're focusing on and you know the thoughts that we feed grow and so it's important to um as Jonathan Precluder puts it pay attention to what we're paying attention to because um yeah I think this is why joy isn't dependent upon our circumstances because if we go through those difficult situations and start counting our blessings like rather than focusing on everything that's going on around us if we start thinking okay but God's still providing for me God's still doing this and focus on eternity you know the fact that we have salvation I don't think we think about that enough and that's always a blessing that we have for eternity forever and so just to focus on that can really bring that joy um even in those difficult circumstances so uh, just remember that our joy is in God and God remains the same yesterday, today and forever, which is why our joy is stable and unwavering. And yes, as um, someone at Bible school, a teacher told us, um, God will sometimes not like take you out of the situation, but he will get you through the situation and make you even stronger. And maybe God put you in, into that place where you're in right now to make your um faith stronger and to to build you up and you will go out of the situation and that circumstance and later you will realize how much god actually told you through that and um yeah it's it's amazing to see and he is in control and he won't let you fall um he's going with you through the deep water uh, and um also in matthew 24 verses um 35 it says heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away and i guess we kind of want to close it with that note like yeah guys bring your emotions and your feelings to god because as we said feelings are real but not reliable and only god is reliable and he he has a great plan and um yeah we want to celebrate the lord in every circumstance we are in because it doesn't change the circumstances as Holly told us, you know, but it changes the way we go through it and the way how we look at it. And we have things to share as Holly did now. And um, I also want to encourage you that you, if you have those kind of stories, if you have those testimonies, go share that with people around you. And yeah, I just want to encourage you bring all of this to the Lord and be confident and that the Lord is in control and he might not bring you out of this situation right now if you're in a really dark place right now but talk to someone go text us if you want to and you know um just know that he is capable and that for God nothing is impossible and yeah we also really want to clarify that we are not saying that when you're joyful, it doesn't mean that you're pushing 
your feelings aside or that you're pushing anything aside or that you're just um, going through life as like an unrealistic optimistic um, but we want to say that there's a different side to life and if we um, if we choose to focus on Jesus um, we have a different perspective on it and we can be a great testimony as Holly was a really great testimony to Jess and me um, at Bible school and she didn't even realize it she was uh, she didn't even realize how much um, of an impact she had on us um, why she was struggling really hard um, with depression and um, yeah we we sometimes don't see the bigger picture um, until until now you know like um, so yeah I just want to encourage you guys it's not pushing something away it's just um, focusing on something different and that's what actually gives us the strength and um, the power to go through this life. Um, building off of what Annie said Joy, yeah, it's not it's not something that you have to fake. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's something that God grows in you. So if you don't feel joyful, then you can pray and ask God about it. And yeah, don't cover it up. Don't fake it. Um, don't cover up how you're really feeling, how you're really doing. Because at, at, at Bible school, when I was there with Jess and Annie, I really learned that being vulnerable is really important to sharing God's story, the work that he's doing in you. So when you're vulnerable and open up about how you're really doing, if you're struggling with depression or suicidal thoughts or any of these things, it's really important to share with other people so that they can pray for you and they can encourage you. And um, God speaks to us in amazing ways. And often he speaks to us through other people. So just having... Um, yeah, knowing that there are that there are people who are around you who are supporting you can also be a reflection of how God is always He's always there for you. He's always supporting you, whether you feel His presence or not. He is watching over you and He's caring for you. He knows when a sparrow falls, and you're so much more valuable than a sparrow. Um, I hope you were encouraged by this, and hope you're feeling a little more joyful now and. You know, if not, if you're going through a difficult season, please get in touch with us. And we would love to pray for you and just walk through that with you. Um, you know, we believe that community is important and, um, yeah, joy can be enhanced in community. So, yeah, please just reach out to us and, yeah, we hope to see you in the next video. So be blessed, Jesus fan, because we're too blessed to be stressed. So. <laughs> And yeah, guys, please subscribe to Jesus. And if you want to also subscribe to us. Um, and yeah, have a great week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>